You people are at the position of attention. Ought to have you all shot. We salute the rank, not the man. We're running Curry. They're already dead. I'm proud to have served with each and every one of you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways Sideshow. We are so glad you are joining us as we are deep diving Band of Brothers episode by episode. Uh, I am your host, Terry Plucknett, and with me is Mr. Adam Daly once again. Adam, how's it going? I'm good. I'm actually Adam Hanks now. I'm actually a Tom Hanks relative oh. showing up in the show now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, that let, joke did just... so much better in my head. I. Y- I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. The Hanks family is expanded for sure in this episode as we are looking at episode eight, the last patrol in this episode. Uh, Starting to come down to the end. uh, And in this episode, you're really starting to feel that the war is starting to come down to an end as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about here. Make sure uh, that you are subscribing, rating, reviewing to the podcast uh, and find us all over the place. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Andorra, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts. And also make sure you check out the YouTube stuff. Cue Adam. Make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe over on YouTube and join the conversation down in the comments section. Also, see these nameplates that are orange or green, whatever the color this is. Follow us on Twitter at, at almost like Terry and almost like at Adam Sideways. It's been a long day, guys. Bear with it's, me. It's it's feel, it feels day. like the last patrol of the day. So yes. there we go. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into episode eight here. The last patrol and talk about uh, talk about Colin Hanks, who's one of the focus points of this episode. But the main focus point is Private Webster which we've seen a little bit. The main time we've seen him before was uh, was in the Replacements episode when they did Market Garden. Uh, we saw him show up there. He got injured in that battle and has spent the last little bit in the hospital. Uh, someone who's been with the company since the very beginning. He jumped on D-Day, and now he's coming back and seeing a very different company than he saw when he left. After they've just gone through the Battle of the Bulge, Bastogne, attacking Foy, and everything that happened, all the tragedy, all the chaos, all the carnage, and they are definitely battle-beaten when he comes back. And I find it so fascinating how you see this this uh, company that has completely changed just in the few months he was gone. And how he's almost ostracized because he spent his time in the hospital the way he was supposed to and, and didn't sneak out like everybody else seemed to do. Uh, it, it, it's, it's fascinating how that happens. This is, again, your first time watching this, Adam. What, what was uh, something that maybe struck you about, uh, about Private Webster in this, uh, in this episode? All right, first time watch again. Let's reiterate this. Uh, so I, I'm still 
unfamiliar with the actress and the name sometimes. So I'm like, like, who the heck is this noob? That's what I thought, just walking around. And then I realized, wait a second. Yeah, he was a few episodes back, wasn't he? And he was like referencing mm-hmm. different uh, different parts where he, I was like, okay, now I'm like halfway through. I, I realized, oh yeah, I, I remember seeing this guy now. So yeah, it was definitely interesting, especially looking back after it's been several days since we've watched it. So uh, thinking about it now, it's kind of so interesting. It's like a night and day in difference when this Webster has joined this, was part of this group. And then he gets injured and he comes back. It's like a completely different person, like than you that you remember. Then, so it's very interesting to see him kind of get reacquainted, reaccustomed, re uh, you know re upped with his company here too, and get to know the guys who have been battle tested and uh, beaten down basically. So and and he's relatively fresh because he's been recuperating in the hospital. So I thought that was a really cool uh, little different element they showed in the show, which. I'm sure it has happened thousands of times throughout this battle of this war and many wars in the, that have come before and after. So it's cool to see that kind of little aspect. You don't really get to see that a whole lot in shows and movies. So it's kind of cool to see, or it's different and uh, kind of refreshing to see Webster come back and uh, kind of get reaccustomed to uh, Easy Company. Yeah, one of the interesting things about Webster's character and his backstory is. From the very beginning, when he first shows up, you get the idea. He is this educated guy. He's been to college, but for whatever reason, he didn't finish. And so he is an enlisted man, and he's not an officer. But you can tell he is very, very bright, uh, very educated, and very observant. And to focus on him for an episode and have him be your narrator is great because of that. And he's kind of this passive observer of everything that happens in the episode. And with him comes Colin Hanks playing Lieutenant Jones, who also shows up uh, brand new and they're in the city of Hagenau right now. And what's fascinating is they're treated the exact same way by all the soldiers because Webster being an, a former member of easy company that just, didn't go through Bastogne uh, and and become one of the battered bastards of Bastogne. He is uh, he's considered as much of a newbie as the guy who is brand new, the West Pointer who graduated from West Point on D Day. Um, uh, one of my favorite moments of the episode is he's sitting there. Or he walks in and he they're in the officers' quarters and he says West Pointer and he grad graduated from West Point on D Day and Nixon looks at him and goes ah, all right don't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> just that reaction was just just priceless just priceless um, Lieutenant Jones is an, is a is a great character too because you have you've had several of these like fresh faced kids that come out want to prove themselves but he also has you know he's a west point grad i mean he's not like one of the enlisted replacements uh what what kind of stood out to you about uh colin hanks's character in this uh in this episode he definitely was uh kind of felt a little more superior and i think that's because how he carried himself i thought that was a pretty interesting um, I I thought I, I like Colin Hanks when he appears in like little smaller roles like this, and um, so it's it's always cool to 
see him pop up here now, uh, here and again. So I was not expecting him to show up at all. Uh, but seeing him kind of come in and kind of observe the whole situation, but being still be a new guy, but then also knows like, well, I'm not quite on the level of these guys, but I'm I'm still new to the company too. So it's uh, it, it, it was inter- it's an interesting dynamic they introduced in the show. So I, I it's kind of another thing ref- refreshing little little element they added to the uh, the show or this episode. Well, and being fresh to the fresh to the company. As an officer, I mean, I think at this point, mm-hmm. the only other officer in the company is Spears, the CEO mm-hmm. of the company. So he comes in fresh, but all of a sudden he's one of the highest ranking members of the company. And yeah. it brings us about to one of the primary moments of this episode, and that is the patrol that they're asked to go on. So they're in in the city of Hagenau and right across the river is the Germans and they are asked easy company to take a small group to boat across the river to raid one of the, one of the closest buildings and bring back some prisoners. And so they can, I think the way they say it is uh, the, the Germans are, are close to being beaten and we want to go get some and make sure. And so there's this patrol that's going to happen and nobody wants to go on it. And you're getting the idea, and especially from Webster, who is fresh back from the hospital, the war is getting close to ending. It, it's it, This is all starting to wind down, and the last thing anybody wants at this point is to get hit, get hurt, get killed this late in the game. Yeah, we want to go home. Yeah, they they want to go home, so they're they're taking it as easy as possible. None of them want to be involved in anything risky. Yet here's this patrol that they've been tasked to do, and Lieutenant Jones wants to lead the patrol because he's there. He's I I need the experience. I want to make this happen, but they want someone, uh, they want someone who has actual like battlefield experience, not just the the rank to lead the mission, and so. The mission originally was supposed to be led by Malarkey. Uh, they en- end up getting Malarkey off uh, off of it, and it becomes Sergeant Martin that leads the mission. There was that really awkward moment where yeah. where uh, someone told Jones that Malarkey was getting the battlefield commission when it was Lipton that was getting the battlefield commission. Uh, and and so you end up with Martin, and it feels like all throughout this, everything that happens is Webster's fault. Webster is trying to trying to help his friend, Lieutenant Jones, that he rode out to the to the line with. He's trying to help his members of Easy Company that he looks at and can tell are tired and are done and don't want to be there. And at the same time, he's also trying to save his own hide because he doesn't want to go through with it. And everything ends up being his fault because he's he's the new guy again. Uh, it, it's just it's just kind of fascinating how all this starts to play out and nobody wants to do this patrol but they're asked to to do it so we get the group going out on the patrol um what were some of the things that stood out to you in the actual execution of uh of the patrol going across the river i thought that was actually kind of it's pretty interesting how that was shot too because it, it was dark but you can actually I could tell everything. I've said this before, where like some of the action elements kind of seemed uh, jumpy, where you couldn't really mm. tell exactly where the what was happening. 
this one actually, considering it was dark, it made me, made, me, made me focus maybe a little bit more. So I was like kind of paying attention, and I was actually able to follow, and I thought I was actually really shot really well. Uh, but I never actually heard of them actually doing this. So it's like being shedding light on something different in these patrols as well. And uh, going over to try to capture uh, these Germans too was uh, something that I really – was trying to comprehend. I was like, "What? Why are they doing this?" I, I, I understand logic, but then again, it's like they're so close to being over. So I would, I felt conflicted. Like, well, I wouldn't want to do it either. So I was putting myself in the, the sh uh, shoes of the soldiers as well. So I thought the execution here was really, uh, really good and fascinating. How they were able to sh shoot this and actually make it uh, feel kind of claustrophobic because they were in essentially in one little building too. Mm -hmm. So. And, and I love how on, in this one you can you can feel and hear those bullets flying overhead too as oh, everything's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it, it kind of it, 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 uh, sorry, lose my track of my words. But you having the bullets and the the noises whiz by your head kind of made you feel even more trapped in this like secluded area too. It's like I don't want to move because I don't want to get. If I move, I'm gonna go right where it's gonna be, you know. So, and, and they do it so well; it doesn't feel like it was a risky mission, right? It, it, it's yeah. it's executed so perfectly that they um, that it feels like it's just a simple task that they were asked to do. Now there mm -hmm. is one casualty in it, and the sad and it, it's a sad one because it, uh, Jackson throws the grenade into the room. And goes running into the room before his own grenade explodes, and uh, and they end up getting him back. He dies on on the table once they get him back. But uh, it's just fascinating that here you have a perfect example of what everyone's trying to avoid, and that is, you know, tapping out this late into the war when you're so close to the end, and uh, and yeah. So then it's a bummer too. Real quick, yeah, go ahead. it was a. It was his mistake that he was just kind of too ambitious to go and went ran in, and that before it exploded. So it's kind of like he took himself out. Unfortunately, it's like ah, uh, what that's kind of makes it even more kind of sad because it's, it's a simple little mistake that he made, kind of cost him his life. So it was almost like his focus was off, knowing how close to the end it was. Like everyone yeah. at that oh, point yeah. was like, "Don't make a mistake! Don't make a mistake!" It goes back to kind of what Spears said early on in the show. Um, you you feel like you, you're your best soldier when you realize that there's no hope, that you're already dead. These soldiers are starting to see the hope. They're yeah. starting to see that they might get through this. And when they have to actually do something, that's when they make the mistake. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, like my dad always said, put the carriage before the horse. Don't get too far ahead. Like focus on the, the task at hand. Don't think about what's next. The next step is right quite yet because we're not there yet. You know. So unfortunately, I was getting a little distracted, probably. Yeah. So outside of Jackson, this is a very well executed mission. They bring back a a, a prisoner that they're able to interrogate. And they also leave one on the banks of the river who had gotten injured and they decided not to not to bring across. And the next morning, that's a that's a sad part, too, of when they have this guy who's moaning on the banks of the river. But 
he's still alive and no one's going to go out to get him because there's uh because it's the line it, the river is the front line there it's the no man's land and so you just have this guy moaning on the on the banks of the river which is just heartbreaking yeah another thing i i noticed about this episode is once again Cobb is still a douchebag he he's still just the worst and then he has I mean, he has several moments where he is horrible and then after they get back he uh he gets drunk and he starts saying all sorts of garbage and you you have that moment where where Jones look at, looks at him and says are you drunk soldier and it's like, answer the question and he goes yes sir i am drunk sir and uh he he just doesn't handle any of this pressure well, and he takes it out on everyone else around him. Uh, and I'm sure there there are soldiers that 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 was their reaction to being there is you take it out on the people around you. Um, I mean, everyone reacts to stuff like that differently, but Cobb is just the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is drunk, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The best scene of this episode, though, they do the mm. they have the mission. They're successful. They get back. They're relaxing and they find out that Colonel Sink was so happy with how the first one went that he wants them to do it again. And it's going to be <laughs> even harder because this time they're going to be expecting it. They kind of caught him off guard. It was a surprise attack the first time. The next night, they're not going to be quite as surprised, obviously. And they got to go further into the town because they already took out the building that the first one was in. And Winters, who I believe is now Major Winters. Mm-hmm. I think he's Major Winters now. Hears about this and sees unnecessary risk. Yeah. And he sees that this is, this is not worth what you're going to get out of it. And the best scene is when he says, all right, I'm going to tell the guys that we're doing this. And he goes through and he goes through every detail of the mission. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Everybody got it. Everybody good. All right. Good. Because I want everyone to get a good night's sleep. And you're going to come back to me tomorrow morning and report that you made it across the river and found nothing. And, And basically telling them you're blowing off the mission. And I am giving you permission to do it because we are not taking this unnecessary risk. And it just once again shows Winters yeah. is the man. Winters is the best. And his leadership is just bar none to anybody else. And it's he's one of the greatest leaders to be put I, into I, film like of all time. I uh, have definitely have come to terms with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because... Uh, Again, just shows that he's the true humanitarian. He cares about his people. He cares. He's he's smart. He's you know has good you know insights to different battles. He knows how to lead, but also knows how to uh, communicate and how to kind of encourage his men and give them like the, their the positive reinforcements that they need, and also be like, yeah, we're not gonna I'm not gonna arrest these people that I've fought alongside because he's right up in the battle too. Maybe not as when he's a little more into his ranking, but you know, when, when he was 
lower rank, he was definitely there fighting alongside these guys. So they have his respect too. So definitely uh, Winters is a fantastic character. And I love how Winters always has Nixon at his side too, because Nixon is, he's the screw up. He's, he does, you know, he, he doesn't really ever get anything quite right. He's always trying to find the easy way out, but he's also the guy that keeps it light and keeps things kind of fresh as you're going through. And the two of them together, it's a great combination because they really complement each other in a lot of ways. So like when Winters has this moment where he decides that they're going to blow off the orders and blow off the patrol, Nixon follows it up with that great, with the great line of, Oh, I'll, I'll write this report for you. I'm going to have, I might actually have fun writing this report. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Kind of fits his character perfectly too. It's like what, I wonder what, how he describes what they did. That's interesting to speculate. And especially the, the follow-up, thing that he says right after that right after he says um you're gonna blow off the patrol is we're coming off the line tomorrow mm-hmm. and and uh and so you have you have it followed up with that lieutenant jones gets promoted and transferred and yeah. so you never see him again this one little patrol was the one thing he did with easy company and then he's onward and upward to greater things and they're moving out of Hagenau. And it's just kind of this little footnote in, it feels like, in the lives of Easy Company. And and, and it's fascinating to watch Webster and Jones throughout this episode in how they look at it and said, Hagenau's hell. And everybody else is experiencing the same thing. And they're like, it's not Bastogne. So we're just kind of calm throughout this. And I mean, Mm -hmm. any shell that comes flying overhead, they're diving in to the ground to and are freaking out while everyone else is like you know who cares at this point because it's yeah, what a bunch of rookies yeah, yeah exactly exactly uh i love how they age the cast in this show yeah. i mean it, if you one of the fun parts is once you get to this point in the show and we're we're episode eight we've got two more episodes after this but if after you watch like eight, nine, and ten, go back and watch episode one, and one of the things you'll notice right away is, oh look, look at look at how young they look. And I mean, everyone from Winters to Malarkey to Lipton to all of them, they they look so young and innocent. And then you look at them here, and how <laughs> battle tested and worn out they are, and how much they they age even though they're probably shooting this in, in all the same same time, they look that much older. And yeah. uh, and it's it's they do a great job with uh, whatever they do to make it happen. Um, it, it, they, it's one of the best parts of the show is how they show that time go by and these, these boys age and become men. That is a good, that's a good point, too. Yeah, they probably filmed it all in pretty short succession, like pretty probably back to back. Who knows? I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of comments in the comments and how they filmed it probably. So leave them down there. We'll talk about them on a future episode. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how now we're seeing more like digital effects in movies, how they age stuff instead of more makeup, but this is definitely a more makeup heavy type of stuff and uh, seeing how they, they aged and it looks flawless. They definitely, you definitely feel like this war is kind of 
wore on them and they you could feel like yeah they're probably the same age maybe maybe a year or two maybe a year older or whatever the case may be but yeah, they look a lot older than they probably actually are because they've everything they've been through it's a really great job by the the uh, makeup department so what one of the great shots of this episode is um when they finally get a shower and the look on malarkey's face when that hot water hits him and he he's able to it's like he's he's struggling to allow himself to relax but he he actually has feels like he might have an opportunity to when he's getting that hot shower that it's just a great bit of acting by uh by mm-hmm. Scott Grimes there uh in that moment the other thing which is a little unrelated that i noticed about malarkey malarkey is always cooking like he is always and so you go back to even like like episode two day of days when they jump on d-day yeah. and there's a scene in the back of the truck and and it's he's the one that's that's uh that's cooking yeah, the beans on the fire and that there's even a scene here where i mean he's the the sergeant uh, he's leading a platoon now but when it's meal time he's the one that's got the pot on the fire He's the one that's still making the food. I just thought that was kind of funny that Malarkey, Malarkey is the one. He's the cook. That's kind of his outlet in that moment. Yeah, that's kind of that's an interesting little. I I would not, I never picked that up actually. But then now that you said that, it's like oh yeah, it's actually kind of true. Like he is always doing something cook food related, which I am a fan of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we get to the end of the episode. After just this little bit, after this patrol, Webster and Jones go on the patrol. Webster has proven himself again. He's back to being a part of the group. Uh, He's accepted back in. And like the postscript there at the very end of the episode is they've been through England. They've been through, through France. They've been through Holland. They've been through Belgium. And now it's time to go to Germany. And so yeah. the, the next episode, we see what happens when Easy Company actually enters Germany and and what happens next. Yeah. It's going to be intense. Are you excited? Are you excited? I am. I'm excited. Got, let's see what it's bringing on. <laughs> and what, what's... You don't know... You haven't watched them yet, right? The next, last no, two episodes. Yeah. No. One, what you'll notice is the tone is not necessarily what you'd expect it to be for coming to the end. Like it it goes a different direction than you may, than you may think in, in just what you would expect the intensity to be as they're approaching, you know, approaching Germany, they're approaching Berlin and they're approaching the end of the war. (laughs) It, it, what they do, it, it, it's really fascinating and, and you'll see it as we go along. Nice. Okay. All right. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Uh, any any last uh, last things that uh, you want to mention before we uh, we wrap this up? Make sure you guys don't get a pneumonia because then you're gonna be your great narrative from the previous episode is gonna be completely wiped out. <laughs> I was yeah. kind of bummed. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sick. Got pneumonia. I was like, oh, I guess we're not really gonna f- pay attention to you this much in this episode, are we? It's kind of bummed because we talked about how great Lipton was, and uh, it's like, oh, well, okay, cool. <laughs> but he does, 
officially get his battlefield oh, yeah, mission. Yeah, yeah. And by the end of the episode, he is Lieutenant Lipton, which is yeah. just so cool. It's which so is cool. great. It's a great. It paid off. His mm-hmm. pneumonia paid off at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here if there's anything else. Um, no, I think I think we're good. I think we're good. I did. I want to say one thing. I um, when once the the guy died, I'm I'm hoping I'm not getting it right. But when uh, when during the patrol, when the uh, the the shoulder soldier did die on the table, there, I was kind of just sad when everybody kind of just sat there and just like I took a moment. It's just like it. This is not what we wanted. Mm-hmm. We didn't want this like one of us to die like this because we're so dang close to being out of here. So it's kind of they took a moment of like self reflection. It seemed like that was I, you could kind of feel like just how quiet that room was because every it's just like in thought, and they didn't want to break that silence. So it was definitely a, a more of a somber moment for sure. Well, and the guy who took it the hardest was uh, the one. The one guy who had been working with Luz in the supply mm. room and and just as a supply clerk and he had asked Winters, he goes, I haven't done anything. Can I go on this patrol so I can at least say I fought? And and he's he's the one that is just distraught when when this happens and the guy dies on, on the table there. Um yeah. just because he had he hadn't been on the front like that and seen something like that. This first casualty, really. Yeah. Uh, where does Sad episode moment. eight rank in terms of? Uh, you don't have to give me like what what it's above, what it's below, but give me just kind of a top tier, middle tier, lower tier. Where, where do you? Where does it? Where does it set stack up for you? Um, I think it's going to be upper middle tier. <laughs> upper middle, okay. Up, up, upper middle tier. Um, it, it's. It's definitely an episode that, because we hadn't seen it for such a, there was some gap between we our recording. So thinking back on it and hearing all this stuff, I'm like man, this actually was a really solid episode, especially the emotional elements leading up to like it's all what's almost over and feeling that I, I, and it's getting a little character moments as well with and also focusing on a character that hadn't been there. So you, he's like learning to be re, uh, reaccustomed to the group again. So I, I, um, I actually kind of enjoyed it I, like i said i a couple of episodes ago, i think like the, the back half of the show is really strong and it's some of my favorite of the show too so i i, I think it's pushing the top four so it's it's the topper it's an upper half mm. of this show for sure so for me anyway i think bastone is still my favorite uh just because that episode how much we talked about that episode but yeah the, yeah but it's still a Really solid episode. I think it's uh, possibly four, three, about three or four for me, depending on the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one is uh It's probably one of one of my lower episodes. I mean, mm-hmm. and every episode is brilliant in this show, and that's yeah, one of the so reasons. Really good, yeah. yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this because it's just, just amazing. But it's one of those. It's just a down episode. It it, it feels like it's one of those. We're just waiting for what's going to happen next, right? And so we just yeah. came off the high of of episodes six and seven, where so much happened. It's like the the thing that's going to happen to this group, and now you have just this moment of, okay, take a breath. Now what's going to happen? And it it since it's that breath episode, I I like the action. I like stuff happening. I like I like things like that. 
and you take a character like Webster that we don't really know a ton about up to this yeah. point, um, who's your your focus? I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of my lesser episodes. I still love it. I love every episode of this. But if I'm yeah. gonna rank them, it's probably in in my in my bottom three total oh, episodes. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm not gonna. They're all great, and like I'm sure we're gonna talk about episode on episode ten. We're gonna probably rank all the episodes yep. too yep. so my ranking i'm saying as of now talking about it i, I kind of more appreciate it by looking if i go back and look at every episode again i'm like oh actually I, yeah i like this one it's probably this episode's probably better than blythe but just, just throwing that out. <laughs> well and it's it's one where this is definitely a show where you're not saying i didn't like that episode you're saying i like that episode just a little less than the rest of i them. prefer this other one yeah Right, right, because it's something has to be at the bottom, <laughs> and it, that's the hard part. Is you got to pick something to go at the bottom, and it's kind of hard to figure out what that's going to be. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that is episode eight uh, of Band of Brothers on the Last Patrol. We'll be back at you very soon. Down to the last two episodes, nine and ten. Those will be coming at you very soon. Until then, enjoy. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.